We bring in Yom Kippur with the bracha of Shechianu, Vikiyamanu, Vigiyonu, Razmanazeh. As opposed to every other Yom Tov where we have Kiddush, Yom Kippur is a fast day, there's no Kiddush. But we celebrate Yom Kippur's arrival. And there's a special feeling to the Shechianu of Yom Kippur. It's a special time, it's a special occasion that we Zaycha to come to again. We know that a person's year is decided on Yom Kippur until the following Yom Kippur. Baruch Hashem, we can all look back and thank Hashem for a year where He's given us life and health and bracha and success. I want to begin by sharing with you, let's learn together a story. The Navi tells us the story of Elisha and when the time when the primary enemy the Jewish people had was the king of Aram his name was Ben-Hadad and time and again Ben-Hadad sent forces to attack the Jewish people but Elisha had a Navi and each time Elisha warned them where the forces of Aram were going to come and therefore they were always taken took them by surprise Ben-Hadad finds out about that and he resolves he's going to capture the Novi. So he finds out in which town the Novi is staying. And he sends a tremendous amount of soldiers, horsemen and chariots, to put the town under siege. And he hopes that way he's going to be able to capture Elisha. The postdoc tells us that Elisha's servant wakes up in the morning. He goes outside the house and he sees the sun shining on the ranks and ranks of massed soldiers all around the town. And you can see that they're in the little town. They're completely outnumbered by this enormous Aramean army which just camped around the town and he has no idea what they're going to do. He feels all is lost. And he comes crying back into the house and he says to Elisha, what are you going to do, my master? We've been, we've been attacked, we've been surrounded. And Elisha tells him, he says, Altira, don't be afraid. We have a stronger army than they do. And the young man, the servant, has no idea what this is talking about. And so the Navi tells us, Elisha says, Hashem, please open the eyes of this young man that he should see. And Hashem does that. And then suddenly, the young man can see. And what does he see? He sees that it's true that he's soldiers of Iran. But surrounding the soldiers themselves, in fact, putting the hills all around where the Navi is, he sees horsemen and chariots of fire, Malachim. Ranks and ranks of soldiers of Malachim. So it's the spiritual army which is protecting Elisha. And it's true. The amount of soldiers, in the spiritual sense, that are guarding Elisha far outweigh the amount of soldiers of Aram. And what actually happens? The Apostle continues, that Elisha did a nace, and he caused all the soldiers of Aram to be struck with blindness. That's why they couldn't see and they definitely couldn't launch an attack. And if so, the question is asked, 
Elisha never made use of that force of Malachim who was surrounding him. Why, if so, then was it necessary for the Hashem to make a miracle for the servants to be able to see them? They didn't play any part in what happened. Why was it necessary for Elisha to show it to him? Elisha could have just done what he did do and caused the soldiers of Aram to become blind and that would have been the end of the attack. What was the purpose of the Nais, of the Malachim who were surrounding Elisha, and the purpose of the Nais of causing the young man to be able to see that? So really there's a lesson here. We know that there's a rule. There was something which is written in the Navi wasn't just to recount what happened at the time. There were many Nevi'im and many prophecies and many miracles too, which aren't recorded in the Tanakh. And the reason, says the Gemara, is because they had no impact on future gener- generations. Whereas something which was written in the Tanakh was a lesson for the future. And so if that's the case, you meant to understand that this incident which is written in the Tanakh is meant to teach us something as well. And I feel something which is extremely pertinent on Yal Yom Kippur. You know, one of the well-known questions is, why does Rosh Hashanah come before Yom Kippur? Why not the other way around? So I'd like to suggest an answer like this. On Rosh Hashanah, besides still standing in judgment of our own, on Rosh Hashanah, we remember our purpose here in this world. Our collective purpose, as Klal Yisrael, is with the army of Hashem. We're fighting a battle. And that battle is to bring the awareness of Hashem as a king to the whole world. And just like soldiers who go to war with the hope, with the goal that their king should triumph, so too we, Klal Yisrael, are in this world and we're looking to win the war and bring the, about the day. We have a Hoya Hashem the Melech al And that's our Rosh Hashanah. We declare ourselves to be soldiers. And we look forward to the day where the whole world will recognize that Hashem is the King. Hashem Yisrael Melech. But if we look at the world around us, how much are we being successful in bringing the world to recognize Hashem? How much of the world does know about Hashem? If we give the metaphor of a planet, with those places where the people who are serving Hashem would be lit up on the globe, so we'd see a few centers of life of light in Eretz Yisrael, maybe a few scattered across America, a few places in Europe, some in South Africa, Australia, one or two other places in the world as well. But besides that, it would be a dark, dark planet. It's a world where there's so many forces which are contrary to terror. So many billions of people who don't know and don't recognize and don't respect Hashem. So many other religions which are propagating their own views and ideologies and obfuscating the MS. 
And we could look around and think of ourselves as a pathetically small minority. Yes, we're the ones fighting to bring HaKadosh Baruch Hu's glory to the world, but we're so vastly outnumbered. We could get depressed. We could see the forces opposing us and feel that they're stronger than we are. We might feel we want to give up. And what's the lesson we have to learn? If we're going to feel that way, after declaring our loyalty to Hashem and Rosh Hashanah and hoping for the victory which Hashem Hashem will bring about, but we see our lack of success and we see how little of the world is aware of Hashem. What do we need to think about? This lesson of the Navi Elisha. We see people and compared to the other nations and other people of the world, the Kol Mishpachoy Sa'adama, it's true. We're extremely outnumbered. We're a tiny minority. But we should know, like the Navi says to the servant, Rabbi Masheri Tonu Meyasheri Our force is stronger than their force. Why? Because we have the Malachim on our side. It could be there are millions of people who oppose us. There are millions of Malachim who are fighting together with us. And that's Yom Kippur. The nature of Yom Kippur and the power of Yom Kippur is that we act like Malachim. We one with the Malachim. We talk about how Hashem is praised by the Dorei Malo, those who dwell above in the heavens, together with the Dorei Mata, those who dwell in the world. We unite forces. We dress in white, we stand to our feet together, we don't eat or drink. And even the Satan himself comes to Hashem and says, the Jewish people are like Malachim. Well, if we like Malachim, then let's see what force there is on our side. Because it's much stronger than any force that would be in this world. And that's the message of Chizuk. That was the necessity for the Nes Elisha does. When we feel oppressed, we feel overwhelmed, we feel like giving up because we see the enemy is stronger, no, that's not true. Rabbi Masheri Tanu. Our force is stronger. This reminds me of a story. A story of the Panovich Rav. When he was a Rav of Panovich in Lithuania. And it was a time when the winds of Haskala, communism, socialism, were leading many Jews astray. In fact, even the town council of the village of Panovich had a majority of people who were Maskili, opposed to the Torah. And they called in the Rav, the Panovich Rav, and they said to Rav Kahneman, we're going to institute some changes into the curriculum of the studies in the school. We want to make some differences in the tefillah, the, the prayer service. And when he objected, they said, listen, we're going to, we the council of the town, we're going to depose you as the Rav, if you listen and find somebody more to our liking. So, Rav Kahneman didn't know what to do. Should he give in to their demands and hold on to what he could, or should he oppose them and risk being rejected as the Rav? He wasn't sure what to do. So he decided to go to his own Rav, have a time and ask for advice. Chavitz Chaim wasn't happy to hear what I brought him. So he said to him, 
Now I'm here, you can ask the Chavetz Chaim advice. But what's going to happen one day when these kind of questions come up and you don't have the Chavetz Chaim to ask? What are you going to do then? And Rav Kahneman said to my daughter, no, that's why I came. So Chavetz Chaim says, I'm going to tell you the rule. Remember it for life. And the rule is like this. And every time, when you have two options opposing each other, are you not sure which one you should do? The rule is, look which side is stronger and always be a part of the stronger side. Sometimes Chaim says, did you understand me? Sometimes says, yes. So what did I say? So you said that whenever a person is unsure which side to follow, and one side is stronger and the other is weaker, always take the side of which is stronger. So Chaim says, good, what are you going to do? So the point of which I've said, so I understand that means that if they're the majority and they're stronger, we'll have to work with them. So the Chavetz Chaim says, the point of which says, no, you didn't understand. I said, you must always take the stronger side. And you should know that HaKadosh Baruch's side is always stronger. And that's the Yisod. Ravi Masheri Tanu. We're fighting a battle it looks like the, li- the odds are against us. It looks like our opponents are stronger than we are. That's how we look at this world. But that's a mistake. Rabbi Masheri Tanu. We have to know that Kodesh Baruch is on our side. We have to know the Malachim are on our side. There's no force in the world which is stronger than that. And that's the Chizuk of Yom Kippur. But this idea of we, Klai Yisrael, being the soldiers, we're the ones on the front. We're the ones in the battlefield. So let's take this a step further. If soldiers are sent out to battle, and the soldiers go to the front and they come back home injured, wounded, they've been overcome, they were beaten, how's the general going to respond? Is he going to punish soldiers for losing a battle? As long as they went and they fought and they, they did what they were meant to do. It's not always going to happen that a soldier can overcome the enemy. There could be times the enemy is stronger. And if that's the case, how much can one hold the soldier to blame if he was beaten by an enemy that's stronger than him? If he didn't do his job, if he didn't fight, or if he was a traitor and went into the other side, then of course, he'll get court-martialed, he'll get punished. But if he went to fight, and he lost, and he retreated injured, you can't punish an injured soldier. And this is the side of Yom Kippur. We asked before, why does Yom Kippur come after Rosh Hashanah? The principle is, you must always remember this, uh, there's a yisod of the Rizal Hashem, you should forgive our mistake because it's Ravu because it's big many explain that Pasuk to me you should forgive our various because there's so many of them which doesn't really make sense why is there a reason to forgive them because there's so many but it doesn't even make sense grammatically if that's what we were trying to say forgive our various because there are so many then we should say in the plural, ki rabim heimo, because there are so many. 
Kirav who means because he is big. The Rizal says what it's referring to is the Satan. Hashem, forgive our Averis because the Satan is so strong. Because he's stronger than we are. The Gemara says this. Yitzhak Shaladim is Kaver Allah. A person's Yitzhak is stronger than him. And if that's the case, if we've done Averis, it's because we've lost. It's because the Yitzhak was stronger than us. And as long as we didn't rebel, as long as we didn't neglect our responsibilities, we turn to Hashem. It's Hashem, we're coming back to you with a heavy burden of Avera. We're coming back to you as wounded soldiers. You can't punish us for that. We lost. But that's why Rosh Hashanah has to come before Yom Kippur. Because if on Rosh Hashanah we still claim that we're soldiers, if on Rosh Hashanah we still claim our loyalty, we didn't, return, we didn't go over to the other side, we didn't rebel. But if that's the case, the times that we've done things wrong, Shem, look at it as the times you went to fight and we were beaten. We went out to battle and we returned wounded. And that's a very strong argument. A very strong argument for Mechila. Forgive us, Hashem. The reason why we fell was because the enemy was stronger than us. And if that's the way we're going to present the argument, what else can Hashem do? But to forgive. So that's the second point of Yom Kippur. The first one is a soldier comes back from the front and he sees, he comes back to the headquarters and he sees how strong the army he's representing is. It gives him the chizak to carry on, it gives him the strength, the motivation. It shows, he sees the force which is backing him up. That's the first point. We come back to Yom Kippur. Having fi- ventured out to fight Hashem's battle in this world, we come back to Yom Kippur and we see how much our force is stronger. How we are a cherek of the tzva shamaim, the force of heaven which is more powerful and more numerous than anything in this world. But there's a second point Yom Kippur also. We've gone to battle. We might have gotten wounded in the conflict. We might have fallen in our level. We might have been overcome by the Yetzirah. And say, Hashem, forgive us. Ravo is stronger than us. We weren't trying to rebel. We were soldiers who lost. And that's the second point of Yom Kippur. The point of forgiveness. There's another last comparison I want to draw to the idea of the soldier. And our job is not Israel. And that is in a battle situation, sometimes soldiers are fighting and being victorious. They're attacking, they're taking ground, they're winning the war stage by stage. And sometimes soldiers are trying to fight a defensive battle. They're trying to hold the line, trying not to concede too much ground. Tal Yisrael has been through both of those situations. There were times when we were gaining when we nearly reached that final stage, when we brought the world to that recognition, the time of Dara Midbar, the time of David Melech Hashemah perhaps the time of Mordechai and Esther, there were times when Christ was winning the war. But there are times when our job is the other way around. And the battle we're fighting is a defensive battle. And we're trying not to lose too much. 
We're trying to hold on to our Messiah and withstand all the threats to the Yiddish guys, all the threats to Halacha, which the world around us is trying to force us to retreat. What's the hope of a soldier who's fighting a defensive battle? And the answer is, if the soldier isn't strong enough to win, what he's meant to do is just to maintain his position until reinforcements arrive. And sometimes that's difficult. It looks like a person is losing. He isn't able to win on his own. Okay, that might not be the job. The job might be just to not concede, not give in, until reinforcements come and then they'll be the ones to win the war. And that's the second big part of, well I should say the third big part of our connection to Yom Kippur. You know the one time the Torah talks about playing the Shafer is the Shafer of Yom Kippur. And the Shafer of Yom Kippur signals the beginning of the Yevil year, when everything returns to its place. All the fields return to their owners, all the slaves are freed and go back home. Brings everything back to where it belongs. And that's the third element of Yom Kippur. The element of Yom Kippur, which signals a return to the world the way Hashem wanted the world to be. And if it's not something that we're able to bring about, then it's at least something we're going to hold on to until Hashem brings it about. And that's what the Navi says about the coming of Mashiach. Em even if they seems to take time, wait for him. Boyovo is going to come. And sometimes we not, we not might be able we might not be able to be be the ones to bring him. But what's expected from us is to hold on until he comes. Don't give up. Don't retreat. And that's the next part. Even if we've lost in encounters with the Sultan, even if we feel overwhelmed and outnumbered. Yom Kippur gives us the chizok. Don't give up. Keep strong. Maintain the Messiah. Because the Mashiach is going to come. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu will be the one to fight that battle. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will send the reinforcements as it were. And he'll be the one to bring the whole world to recognize him. And there we see three points of our Avodah of Yom Kippur. Firstly, it's our opportunity to strengthen our emuna. Rabbi Masheri Tanu Masheri Tom. Our force is stronger. We're part of something which is the same team that the Malachim are on. It's really the same side that Akadish Baruch himself is on. The second point. If we've lost in individual encounters, that's not a reason to be punished. On the contrary, Kiravu, the sudden is stronger than us. It's a reason for Hashem to forgive us. And then the last point. That is the chizok that that shofar will eventually blow. The shofar which will signal that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has come with reinforcements as it were. To help us win the war. To help us overcome the enemy. Then we will be brought back.
That's the Koyach of Yom Kippur. That's the Chizuk of Yom Kippur. And that's how we start Yom Kippur with that special. Shechiyonu v'kiyamonu v'giyonu razman It's a privilege to be grateful for Hashem to be standing at the threshold of another Yom Kippur.